Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. It's um, it's that kind of thick where you're you're worried about offending him, kind of thick. Like Lord, don't just hang out for a while, and we'll just do whatever makes you happy, kind of thick. Um, it's thick up here this morning, but he comes to change his people. He um, and he comes because of his people. Pastor Hall has said it for decades now that he doesn't haunt empty buildings the church is not four walls and padded chairs or those ginormous pews that weighed 14 tons Um, it's his people it's his people and he's come this morning for us he's come this morning for you pastor mike is so right i heard the lord standing there as we began service i heard him say i'm here for healing today Pastor Mike stood here and said, the Lord's here to heal today. You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians that today is the day of salvation. And that word for salvation is not just for saving. It's for healing. It's for deliverance. It's for rescuing. Today is the day for your healing. Sometimes we get scared in church telling people that today is the day to get healed because we're worried that they might not get healed. Today's the day for your healing. They used to tell me my grandfather would say, I'm not stuck. I'm just waiting. Today is the day of salvation. And listen, when he comes into the room... It's not about what I've got to say. And I've got a word that he's given me. And, and it's important. But listen, when Joshua was given the instructions to walk around Jericho, the Lord said, I want you to walk around once per day. But it was when Joshua received the new instructions and said, okay, Lord, I'll shift with your new word and go in a new direction for what you have for us that the walls came down. If we stay stuck in what the Lord said for us to do yesterday or 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, we'll miss the new thing that he has for us in the new minute. And we'll miss the walls coming down that he has for us. It's in his speaking that life comes. Jesus said to his disciples, my words are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. Man, they are spirit and they are life. And today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, we thank you that today is the day of salvation. We thank you that you have come to move in the lives of your people. Father, we thank you for the boldness of this people to reach out and to grab a hold of you. I pray, Father, over this people, I pray that they would reach out and ask you for whatever it is that they've come needing today. Father, if they need healing, 
if they need a move in their finances, if they need rescuing out of a pit, if they're stuck in the muck and the mire, Lord, I pray that they would reach out and ask you and believe you to be the one who saves. That you are still the one who saves. That your very name is the one who saves. And that Jesus, that you would meet them right where they're at. And we thank you for it in your name. Amen. I have a, um, a scary um, word this morning. Because the Lord has given me perhaps the most, um, the most common chapter of scripture in the whole Bible. Um, to talk about Psalm 23. And I'm talking to a group of um, Bible educated people who are well versed and well knowledge in the Bible. And uh, that's pretty scary because it's a, it's a good chance to tune out and it's a good chance to check out and it's a good chance to say, uh, I'm good for now and uh, I'll pick back up next week. Um, but I believe the Lord uh, wants to say something this morning, uh, continuing our our season, or excuse me, continuing uh, this series on our seasons of waiting. It's I'm telling you, man, it's hard to talk up here. It is hard to talk up here. I would move up. Um, last week we talked about seasons of waiting. We looked at Ecclesiastes three, and we looked at seasons of waiting are established periods of time. That God has hidden for us treasures in our waiting. That there are opportunities and experiences us for us in our waiting. And that in that waiting, we have to press in and find those things that God has hidden for us. Today, I want to take a look at, and I think the Holy Spirit wants us to take a look at, what's our, what's our responsibility? What's our response in our seasons of waiting? Because I think we typically have two responses in waiting. We typically do one of two things. We either sit and feel like our hands are tied, or we either stomp around and scream. And neither of those, can I tell you, are biblically what our response is supposed to be. But that's what we do. We either feel like we're stuck and we can't do anything, and God, it's going to take you to just show up, kick down doors, break down walls. And listen, it does take an aspect of God moving or we stomp and we yell and we scream and we think we can yell at the situation long enough that it'll move out of the way. And those are not what God has called us to do. Those are not what God has called us to do. So today, God has given us Psalm 23 as his playbook for seasons of waiting and our response to our seasons of waiting. I would argue that Psalm 23 is our playbook for life, but specifically when we find ourselves in seasons of waiting. When we're in seasons of waiting, Psalm 23 is our playbook. It is our step-by-step instruction manual. It's our cookbook to what we do and how we find our way to Him and how He works us through our situations. Remember, David is a shepherd boy. Samuel comes, anoints David privately. Samuel does not take David to the city and say, Behold, your next king. He anoints David privately. Theologians say David's somewhere around 10 or 15 years old when he gets anointed king. Second Samuel says he is 30 years old when he assumes the kingship in his public anointing. That means between 15 and 20 years of David's life is spent between the promise and the arrival. David spent a long time waiting. Not only did David 
go from being anointed privately to waiting on being anointed king. In that time, he's chased by Saul. He's, his wife is, is killed. His uh, best friend, who happens to be Saul's son, is killed during that time. Not by Saul, but Saul's son is killed during that time. David has to go and live in caves called Adullam, which, by the way, means end of your rope. David goes and lives with the Philistines, which are his sworn enemy. David, remember, fought against Goliath, who is a Philistine, and now he has to go and live in the land of the Philistines. David lives a life of waiting on God and waiting on his promise and waiting for what has been promised to him. And so he's writing Psalm 23 as a king, but reflecting on what he's lived through. And so Psalm 23 is our playbook for how we deal with these seasons of life. And David starts out with what is the simplest yet most profound truth we can find in the Bible. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. David was a shepherd. David began as a shepherd. And David reflects back to the most elementary principle he can understand from his youth. And that is being shepherded. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. David doesn't refer to God here as a king. David doesn't refer to God here as a master. David doesn't even refer to God as a friend. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is guiding me. The Lord is leading me. The Lord is protecting me and watching over me. Remember that David would say to Saul when he goes to fight Goliath, When Saul's like, who are you? You're just a boy. You don't even fit in my armor. David said, now listen, I'm a boy, but I was over fighting off lions and bears when they were coming against my father's sheep. So David, when he's saying shepherd, he's not just saying God is some dude standing over in the corner with a stick. David is saying God is a shepherd that protects and and watches over and keeps and fends for his people. He fends for his people. And I, because he is my shepherd, I don't have to want for anything. That doesn't mean that I get everything that, that I want. But that means that everything that I want for, that I need, he provides. Because he understands as my shepherd exactly what I need. David, it's so interesting to me. The, God called David a man after his own heart. Listen to how crazy this is. The son of God was called the son of David throughout all of history from now until eternity because he was such a good friend of God's. David was such a close friend of God's that God said, I'm going to name my own son, the son of David, as his AKA throughout history. And yet in a probably the most popular psalm ever, the most popular piece of scripture ever, David doesn't say, God is my best friend. David says, you're my shepherd. You're the one who guides me and who leads me and who directs me. The first thing the enemy will do in your season of waiting is he will attack your understanding as God, as your shepherd. He doesn't attack your understanding as God, as your friend. He doesn't attack God's identity as God. Because we understand God is God even when we don't understand God is our shepherd. Because God is so God, it's hard for us to lose sight of Him as God. But it's easy for us to lose sight of Him as shepherd. It's very easy for us to look at lack and say, God, you're not providing. 
It's easy for us to look at trouble and say, God, you're not protecting. It's easy for us to say, God, you're not shepherding. It's hard for us to say, God, you're not Godding. It's easy for us to say, Lord, you've forgotten to be my shepherd. The enemy always comes to attack his identity as a shepherd. As a shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Because he is a shepherd. He is a shepherd that protects and guides and guards his sheep. His first priority is as our shepherd. And our first priority in seasons of waiting especially... I would argue in all seasons of life, but especially in our seasons where the boat is rocking and we're trying to find a firm foundation, is to understand first and foremost that when all else is shaking ground, God is still our shepherd. He still has us in His field. And He is still standing and watching and guarding and guiding. And He is still fending off the bears and the lions and the wolves. Regardless of how much it feels like we're being devoured, know that He has not allowed anything to come in that has not passed through His purview. Because He is first and foremost our shepherd, especially in our waiting. He goes on, he says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures and He leads me beside still waters. We talked about this last week, but to lie down is to rest. In seasons of waiting, we so often want to work to get ourselves out. In seasons of waiting for me, I get get a a mental picture of of quicksand. it's It's this, as we work more, we start to sink more. As we start to frantically try to dig ourselves out, we become more immersed in our situations. And God is requiring us to rest and to be still and to be quiet. David would say in another psalm, David would write in another psalm to be still and know that I am God. It is the stillness of our souls and of our hearts that creates activity in the atmosphere. The stillness of our hearts creates activity in the atmosphere. It's not our activity that causes him to work. He doesn't look at our activity and say Brandon's doing a good job moving around a bunch. He's really walking around and praying really hard and loud, so now I'm going to move. We think that's how it works. We think the louder we pray, we're going to somehow break through. And I'm not, that's not to say that there's never a time for loud prayers. Because there are, there are times that it requires, it requires some emotion. Because it's life, and we're emotional beings. But Jesus, in this psalm, is showing us that it is stillness... That he is requiring in seasons of waiting. Stillness. He makes us to lie down. Makes us to lie down. In green pastures. In green pastures. The word for green here is is new grass, young. Literally means tender sprouts of earth, tender grass, tender herb. I remember when when I lived at home, my parents had a blue spruce that sat on the side of their house... Beside the deck. And it was in the worst place possible. And when I would mow. There was a spot in between the blue spruce. And in between the deck. And there was a patch of grass that was like three feet wide. And you had to get to it. And it was impossible to get to with the push mower. And every time. Somewhere around like late July. Early August. The. the, What do you call them? I guess they're not leaves. They're the 
the pricks, the death spikes on the blue spruce, would turn into hard as rock spikes. And so you'd have to do like this number where you like stand way back here and you like push the mower in from back here and you're like trying to hold it with a foot. So you'd like, you know, it's 100 degrees outside and you want to wear pants and like coveralls outside to mow because these things hurt. In the summer they would get so hard. But I remember in early spring when you would mow, you would get these baby, new, fresh little sprouts that would come out on the blue spruce. And they didn't hurt. They were fresh and they were new and they were so soft and so tender. This is the new green pasture that it's talking about. This is the new green soft pasture that he's talking about. This is the softness. He gives us a soft place in the middle of a hard season to lie down. In the soft place in the middle of the hard season is him. Somehow he, as the shepherd, leads us to a soft place and makes us to lie down that is him. He leads us to Him and makes us to lie down in Him. I don't know how He does it, but He does it. He leads us to Him and then He makes us lie down in Him. And somehow He just does it. But it is a soft place in the middle of a hard season. When everything around us seems arid and dry and bony. Remember Ezekiel was in the the land with all the dry bones. When everything around us is dry and hard and arid, He gives us a soft, plush, green pasture to lie down in. And it's a soft landing place for us in a season of waiting. He does not require us to make it out of the season of waiting to lie down and rest. But He says, in the middle of your rest, come and find a soft place. In the middle of your rest, come and find an easy place. How gracious of Him. He could say, push through. He could say, put your head down and plow. He could say, just make it. Just somehow get on. I've given you my spirit. I've given you my power and my authority. Just get through somehow. But He says, instead, find my soft landing place in the middle of your hard, dry season. Because you don't have to be subject to the world around you. You can somehow, some way, be in the world, but not of the world. By my grace, that there is a soft place in the middle of the hardness. That there is a soft green newness, a refreshing in the middle of what seems like a season that will never end. And after He makes us lie down, He begins to lead us. So many of us are looking for leading without lying down. We want Him to lead us, but we won't stop long enough to lie down. He only leads after we lie down. He makes us to lie down, and then He leads us. He won't lead until we lie down. Be still and know that I am God. It is the stillness that creates the knowing. When we don't get still, we can't know. There's a knowing that comes in busyness. But there is a depth of knowing that only comes in getting still before Him. There is a depth of knowing that only comes in getting still before Him. That only comes in sitting in His presence. That only comes in laying before Him. And saying, I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing. And all I'm here for is to wait and be quiet. And in the stillness He begins to lead. He begins to lead. 
And he leads us, he leads us to the still waters. Water in the scripture speaks of spirit. The Bible says that deep calls unto deep, and all of your breakers and waves have gone over me. His spirit is water, and our spirit is water. Here, David is saying that as you lead me, my spirit calms. He makes me to lie down in a soft place. And after I lie down and get quiet, he leads me and his leading calms me. In the middle of craziness, in a season where I'm saying, God, where are you? In a season where I'm saying, God, where have you gone? I've got a promise that I'm waiting on for 25 years. I was on an Indian reservation praying before a service, being a good man of God. And you spoke and said there was going to be a hub. And, and, and spokes that came off of it. And God's been 25 years. And we haven't planted a church. Where are you? And in the stillness. He begins to lead. And the path isn't always short. But as we continue to be still before him. He continues to lead. And he brings peace to our spirits. Peace to our souls. He brings peace to our internal person. To our inner man. And in the leading, He shows us the paths of righteousness. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. So He brings restoration in the leading. And then He takes us to the paths of right standing. He takes us to the paths of right standing. There are many paths that we can choose when we find ourselves in waiting. There are many options that we can choose. How many times did Pastor Hall have a chance to plant a church? How many times did he have a chance over the years where he could have said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's been long enough, God. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to make it happen. I'm just going to somehow find the money and I'm just going to make it happen. But it's in the waiting and in the stillness that he was led to the paths of right standing. And on that path, somehow, way, down the road, we found ourselves right where we were supposed to be. Standing right where we were supposed to be. And the fruit of it shows us that it was the right path. The fruit of it shows us it was the right path. Now we have a church that's made it a year. How many churches plant and three months, six months, nine months go under because finances are a mess, or the people are a mess, or the leadership is a mess. Or they had got four people coming to church there, and all of them are related. And that's nothing against them. That's, that's just the way it goes sometimes. And that's not to say we're better, but we submitted to the leading of His Spirit. We got still long enough to listen to His leading. And that's what He wants to do in seasons of waiting. I didn't plan this series knowing that the one year anniversary was coming up. But that's just how God works. That's just how God works. When we get still long enough to wait on His leading. He leads us to the right paths. To stand right where He's called us to stand. He restores us and He leads us in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Not for our name's sake. David goes on, I think this is Pastor Hall's favorite verse in the whole Bible. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Pastor Hall likes to say that God does not haunt the valley of the shadow of death, but he goes there when his kids are there. 
He goes when his kids are there. David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That word for comfort in the Hebrew, it literally means to breathe a sigh of relief. David said, I breathe a sigh of relief because you have tools at your disposal that help keep me on the path and keep ward away the enemies that would come and distract me. The rod and the staff of the shepherd would keep the sheep in line and keep them going the direction they're supposed to go and would help ward off the enemies that would come and devour the sheep. David said, I can breathe a sigh of relief because you are with me and for me. Surely, oh wait, I skipped one, sorry. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. He is the table. He is the table. He prepares a table before us so that we can sit with Him at the table. That is Him. He said, I'm bread. I'm bread. Remember, He offended everybody. He said, I'm bread. Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part in me. And they all got offended and left. Except for the disciples. And Peter said, where are we going to go? You've got the words of life. You've got the words of life. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I love that it's in the presence of mine enemies. He does not wait until we get out of the waiting to restore us and refresh us and refill us. Finally, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David didn't have a house of the Lord. He had a tent. David said, I will dwell in your presence forever because it's in your presence that I find rest in the waiting and I find instruction and direction for my life. We're all waiting on something. We are all waiting on something. Some of us are waiting on huge things. Some of us are waiting on smaller things. But we're all waiting on something. Some of our seasons of waiting are 25 years long. Some of our seasons of waiting are 25 minutes. (laughs) Thank God. But the Bible says that when we wait on Him, we can rest in Him. And He will lead us. Into the paths of righteousness that he has for us. And we can know. We can know in the waiting and in the leading. That we're headed in the right direction. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer. Or for more information about Church of the Living God. Please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.